Hey guys, just wanted to give you a heads up. With this audio, it is a little bumpy in the very beginning. I tried to clean it up as well as I could. It straightens out after probably about five or ten minutes. So just tough it out, you pussy. And uh, don't fucking bail on me. It's a great interview, and I, uh, I hope you power through it. Now, get on with it. Meow. Welcome to the NSFW Podcast Network. Nerdists, sluts, freaks, weirdos, all the dirtiest, hottest, raunchiest shows in one place. We guarantee you'll have oral orgasms or your money back. NSFW Podcast Network. No rules. No whining. No worries. Follow us on Twitter at NSFW Pod Network. Oh yeah, baby. Do it. Do it. You know, so we kind of continued down our path of our relationship. Well, she gave me a little bit of break to go explore. And then I came back and said, OK, I'm ready. I got it all out of me because at that time I thought it was just, you know, a phase. You know, I thought, OK, this is the devil, you know, and I'm going to get rid of, it. Uh, you know, and then at some point I'm like, damn, the devil ain't going nowhere and I don't want him to. Um, and uh, kind of, you know, soured our relationship a little bit. She wasn't really cool with the idea of me, uh, you know, liking dick as much as I like pussy. If the heavens ever did speak, she's the last true mouthpiece. Every Sunday's getting more bleak, a fresh poison each week. We were born sick, you heard them say it. My church offers no absolute, she tells me worship in the bedroom. The only heaven I'll be sent to is when I'm alone with you. I was born sick. But I love it, command me to be well Amen, amen, amen Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lives I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife Offer me that death and good God let me give you my life take me to church I'll worship like a dog at the shrine of your lights I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knife offer me that deathless death and good God let me give you my life if I'm a pagan hey welcome times, to the po boys podcast I'm your host at motherfucker Jody B and tonight we have a very special guest. Uh, actually, this is has been on and off, on again, off again for like a month now. One of the uh, the newer shows that I've brought in with the NSFW Podcast Network, and one that I followed for a little while now with uh, the Everything Sexy Show with Jamal and Polly Rick. It's very informative, very good show, just all around. Uh, great topics, great hosts, and night. Uh, I'm 
fortunate enough to be joined with the remaining host of the Everything Sexy Show, Jamal. Howdy. <laughs> Straight from Texas with a howdy. Um, Jamal, we're going to get to know a little better tonight and maybe get to find out some of the the things that are on the horizon. Because from what I understand, what I've been told and what we've talked about privately, there's some good shit uh, on the way. I'm looking forward to that. And um, we're going to try to, to give enough of a teaser that uh, we can get some extra people to come check it out this evening, if you'll let me. How about that? I think I just might. Just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't threaten me with a good time. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, first and foremost, would you please uh, maybe introduce yourself a little to the folks? I mean, I don't need your social, but just kind of, you know, say hello to everybody. Tell them, tell them who you are, where you're from. And kind of what uh, what you got going on over there on your side of town? Well, um, I'm Jamal, and I'm soon to be known. I guess I've been known as Jamal, uh, Jamal Sexy with the Everything Sexy Show. But as you mentioned, things are changing. So uh, the Everything Sexy Show is going away with this new show. And I'm not going to tell you exactly everything that we're going to do with the new show. But I will tell you that my identity is going to change. And um, so I'm going to go from Jamal to Reverend Jamal. Because I am an actually ordained Baptist minister, and um, you know more on that to come. But you know, there's a little bit about me. I'm an ordained Baptist minister who's probably been or uh, who has been ordained for about 20 years, actually. But um, I'm also an ethical pervert, and an ethical slut, um, and a, an open non-monogamous. Um, I guess they call me heteroflexible or bisexual guy um, who has no shame whatsoever talking about anything that has to do with sex particularly when it comes to, to do with men um, or male sexuality, because I think, you know, that's something important to talk about and to have an open, honest discussion. Um, I see women having those discussions all the time, but I feel bad for my brothers who, you know, have questions and things and they don't get to actually say them because they're afraid of being judged or criticized or anything like that. So I love talking about that stuff. I also happen to be a corporate attorney. So um, for the last 20 years, I've been that guy as well. And I'm a couple of other things as well, but I'll let that come out over time. Yeah, no shit. I mean, you could save a little, buddy. It's you. You already are a man of, uh, of many hats, and I think that your show, among a few others that I've run into, like truth be told, man, I, I don't get into a lot of sex shows just because I'm working. I only be driving around with a boner. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it makes it tough to function. But I don't even really remember how I found you guys. I just happened upon it, and I was like, well, this is interesting because it's two guys. And they're not just talking about slamming pussy, you know, like we're getting into some other stuff. And I have to say, I think that between the two of you, and especially you, I think I mentioned to you privately in chat, like, I think that you, you strike me as a very open and honest person, somebody who is at least comfortable, you know, with the kind of shit that you're into. And you're the kind of people that I like to look to. You're the kind of people that I want to learn from. If I'm going to ask questions, you know, the kind of folks that aren't going to fucking shy away when I, I say things like, hey, man, you know, how'd it go? <laughs> and you fucking give me the details. I'm not going to shy away either. And I think that it, there's definitely people out there that are interested in the kind of show that, uh, that you're wanting to produce. I'm curious. I want to know some of these plans, man. Yeah, we had a good time with the show. I mean, really, we did it for about six months, so we got up to about five or 6,000 people listening on a monthly basis. I think it's like 30,000 listens total. And uh, and so, you know, people definitely are curious and interested. I think there's a, you know, there's room for folks who want to be honest and open 
And I got here through my own personal journey. It wasn't like I woke up this way, but you know, you live enough and you, you know, you figure out who your real friends are, who your family are, who's going to love you and support you no matter what. And once you become comfortable and understand that, then you start to realize the rest of people don't really fucking matter, you know, and if they don't fucking matter, then why am I going to change my life um, or censor what I say or what I do to make those folks happy when I know the people that I really need and depend upon, they're going to be there for me no matter what, because they know who I am and they know I'm a good guy. Um, plus, at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything wrong with sex. You know, wh- whoever you're having sex with, as long as you're you know, making healthy, smart choices that are going to advance your life and, and help you feel good. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, the world's just too full of taboos. And truth be told, everybody setting up a taboo is probably the one that's breaking it. So, yeah, no shit. Know, <laughs> yeah. Let's put it out there. Let's be honest. I don't want to have a taboo. I want to tell folks, you know, what I'm into, what I'm not into, what I'm learning, what I'm not learning. And, Hopefully by doing that, folks will do the same thing for themselves, either privately or publicly. But overall, I think the world will get better because um, really everybody needs a little bit more sex in their life. We definitely need a little bit more love in our life. So, I mean, what the fuck's wrong with that? I think that if people were a little more open and honest, uh, they'd be a lot happier. I know I am. I, I don't hide. And I'm, that's the thing. I'm pretty fucking vanilla for, for what it's worth. I mean, I've got a few things, but nothing beyond, you know, normal everyday married guy shit. I don't judge people, man. I get it. There are things in this world that maybe you don't understand at first. But if you can find a way to have legit, healthy, happy experiences, whether it be with men, women, fuck it, do your thing. Like, I I don't understand. And maybe it's because I'm down here in the South. We're in Texas. I mean, you ought to fucking probably get a little bit of it, (laughs) be it it on that side of the town. and. Loudly in Austin, Texas, which oh, I, you know, shit. Right, no, no, no. I, you're right in the right spot. Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia, for a while too, like back in the '90s, and I used to always say, like, I live in the state of Atlanta um, because the state of Georgia is not the place that I live in. Same thing, you know. I live in the state of Austin. The state of Texas is maybe not as open-minded as the city of Austin is. So I live in Austin. I'm lucky and I'm blessed, and I love it. So how was uh? No offense. How is like some of your other family? Like, have you had any kind of real issues with with you doing your thing or have you had to cut some people out since, you know, you've started kind of your journey? Um, No, actually, that's one of the reasons why I got here. So, you know, short version of how I got here. You know, when I was really young, like when I was in my 20s, when I first actually started um, when I was you know doing ministry school and starting my, my ministry career, you know, I got engaged to my high school sweetheart and we had been, you know, best friends through high school and everything got engaged freshman year. And, you know, and college was the moment when I started to experiment, you know, with everything, um, you know, I'd already been doing girls in high school and, you know, I start playing around with guys and um, and then I start just trying other stuff and I was open and honest with her about it. And in the beginning, she was actually really open to it because, you know, she was young herself and, you know, she loved me and she knew me and she just figured it was me exploring. And, you know, so we kind of continued down our path of our relationship. Uh, she gave me a little bit of break to go explore. And then I came back and said, OK, I'm ready. I got it all out of me because at that time I thought it was just, you know, a phase. And of yeah. course, you know, minister, you know, I thought, OK, this is the devil, you know, and I'm going to get rid of it. And, uh, you know, and then at some point I'm like, damn. The devil ain't going nowhere and I don't want him to. Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of you know soured our relationship a little bit. She wasn't really cool with the idea of me, uh, you know, liking dick as much as I like pussy. 
And uh, and so we broke up and that caused a series of chain reactions with my family. Everybody was worried and nervous because they didn't know why. And we were the perfect couple, all that kind of stuff. And going through that whole experience, of course, I had to come out to my family and tell them, you know, that I, that I had, you know, had some experiences with guys. And at the time, back in the 90s, I was, what, 20, 19, 20 years old. Um, you know, I, the only thing I could say is that I was gay because yeah. I, that's what I thought. Um, because, you know, everybody said, you know, if you like guys then you're a guy, you're gay. Um, so I went through the worst of it when I was like in my 19, 20, early twenties, um, having to deal with all that shame and rejection. And my mother loved me. She's, you know, she's now not with us anymore, but um, she me through it. And, uh, thank you very much. And so did my dad and my sisters and my brothers and, you know, pretty much everybody loved me. And actually my ex fiance now we're like pretty much the closest of friends again. So, you know, when I kind of figured out that I I generally was bisexual because my attraction to women never went anywhere either. It was actually it was like a second coming out. But on the other hand, it was it was easy. I didn't have to worry about losing friends or family because by the time I did all that in my 30s. Yeah, um, I'd already gone through the shedding. It wasn't my even t- a surprise anymore. There's like, all right, cool. That's just Jamal. <laughs> He's got Right. And, and uh, of course, when I went through my whole experimenting phase with guys, and you know, I've, I've always been very open about who I am. So, you know, the folks that didn't like it, they dropped off. And, you know, you look back a couple of decades and you don't remember those motherfuckers at all. I don't even know who they are. It's gross. It's people like, you know, family is one of those things. It's it's a privilege. It's not a right. Unfortunately, that's kind of the way I look at it. I've had some people I've had to cut out, too. I don't understand why you would just. You know, everybody does their own thing. Who are you to judge anybody's fucking shit? Well, the funny thing for me, being a minister, right? You know, so you know, like, imagine sitting in that seat, being in a minister. You know, being a minister, I was young and fuck, man, my sexuality and you know, feeling shame and guilt and everything else about. It. I mean, I felt horrible. I went through like de gang school and got defrocked um, and all that kind of stuff. But they then later on, I discovered that all the, the ministers that I was trying to impress, you know, they were doing shit on the side, too. Half of them wanted to fuck me and never happened, by the way. But figure that out at some point. And the other half of them were cheating on their wives with some other girl. And, you know, actually, the, the bishop that I worked under for the longest time, he's now dead. And I won't even name names because I'll try to be nice to the dead. But he ended up I think he died from the stress of lying because eventually he got sued for molesting children and got accused of being an undercover gay and few years later he's the man's dead and he wasn't at the time i think he was in his 50s 20 years later i discover the man who made me go like to defrock me and made me go to de-gaying classes and conversion therapy later on is a pedophile of boys he didn't even make a pass at you that's rude well he probably actually he (laughs) probably did you know back then i was i was still unable to process that you know people higher up in the ministry than me were as bad as i was yeah yeah, that's true yeah, I wasn't like catching those hints, but you know, as I got older and some of our mutual he was, friends, uh, he was flexing that mental game on you. That's what it was. He wasn't necessarily going for the physical stuff. He was way beyond that. <laughs> I, I was getting work. I got worked over quite a bit um, and didn't even realize it. But you know, again, you go through all that kind of shit. You figure out all that. You know, it's not hard for me to sit where I sit right now. I mean, you know, those are bruises and cuts that were deep. But now I sit here and I'm like, there is no reason for me to be ashamed of who I am when. You know, one, I know everybody who loves me, loves me. And the other folks, even the people that are ju- judging me, they're lying. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just going to be me. It works out pretty well. 
I think uh, I think you're an awesome person, and I, I I've known you a few months. But just from what I've heard and what we've spoken about, I think that you're very special. I think that you have a very wonderful personality. And I'm interested to see like where you're going to take this. <laughs> I really am. With the ministry stuff, like that's I think that there's an interesting angle that can be had just because like obviously I, okay, I don't condone, you know, like dudes touching kids. But I do I do understand that there when you put a lot of dudes together, there's always a potential for the attraction. Just how it is. Camps, Boy Scouts, whatever the fuck it is. I think that there's a lot of people. I don't know if that's going to be a topic that you're going to cover with the new show. But I think it's a very interesting angle because I think that sex and church go hand in hand. But they're not supposed to. So. They, they, they might, you know. So, yes, we will address a lot of those things. The show's not going to be overly churchy. Like, I'm not trying to save souls or convert folks to Jesus. In fact, you know, my training's kind of taught me to accept that there's many paths to God. And even the people that think they're not on the path to God are actually on the path to God. So I don't really care what you believe. You just got to believe something. But, you know, we're going to do all that. But, you know, we are going to talk about that because, you know, my experience um, having been in the ministry and on and been out of the ministry and been a, a parishioner and a, a congregation member and all that stuff and everything, you know, is that human sexuality is occurring at home and is occurring in the churches. People don't stop being human beings with sexual needs. I mean, I, you know, sexual needs is what created us in the first place. So, it's so powerful. I mean, sexual energy is the creative force of the world. It is how we exist. We continue to exist. Literally one of the sparks in your body that makes you get up every day. Procreation. There is a will in there for you to put your dick in something or to have a dick put in you. However the fuck you want to wire it, there's something in there. Yeah. And uh, one of the guests, I've already done a little bit of pre-work on the show. We're going to drop some new stuff. I think it's going to be the end of the month or beginning of July. But, you know, I already did some work with uh, with one really sexy lady that I've, I've gotten to know and had some, uh, probably say, some, some intimate time with. Um, and she has this great theory talk she gives. And, you know, it's consistent with my views called God is in the orgasm. Because literally, I mean, the Big Bang, in, in my view, was an orgasm. I mean, of some sort, it was a spiritual orgasm and eventually a physical one, because without an orgasm, none of us would fucking be here. We wouldn't be talking right now. That's her theory. Or did you just come up with that? No, that's her. That's her. That, you know, she, she, so she does this. That's talk, pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's very talkable. <laughs> we have similar views. So that's why she's going to be one of the first folks folks going to hear from on my show. But, um, but yeah, like, I mean, you know, how can God not be in, in sex when, you know, I mean, I, I really think, I mean, you know, the Big Bang, I think might have been a big nut. You know, I mean, it really, <laughs> how the fuck did we get here? The big jizz theory. I like it. I'm going to hang on to that one. Just one day, God was sitting around and he was just bored. Nothing I, on TV. I, <laughs> I jerked himself off and then there, there goes the universe. Literally. And on the first day, God created stars. Right. And then Star, the moon. moons, <laughs> the planet, whatever, just little sperm cells. I don't know, man. Like, my wife is Catholic, and, you know, that's a special breed of jokes and, and tendencies and shit that come along with that, and uh, they can't even get married. It doesn't surprise me when you suppress that kind of energy for that long. Like, dude, you're going to fuck something. 
<laughs> you, you're a fucking nun. You know, so I mean, we're certainly going to talk about this. I mean, I, I got to work on, I'm working on a written piece of it as well because, you know, there's a nice article published in the New York Times. I think it was earlier this year or last year after following, uh, you know, some of the, the more recent federal indictments um, in, in Pittsburgh and, and other places of, of these dioceses that were covering up sexual abuse scandals. Oh, yeah. And so there's some, some priests that have lent themselves to reporters. There's a great article that the New York Times published. I wish I had it in front of me because I would love to give you the data and everything to be more precise because that's the lawyer me but whatever I'm, I'm growing up and i'm recovering from that so i'm willing to say it's in the new york times and you can't miss it because it's long as hell because there's all these priests finally starting to tell their stories about all the shit that they've been doing while they were in the priesthood and uh is not not shocking to me of course um but you know, most everybody will be surprised by it and they should check it out and read it. And so we're going to talk about that. You're absolutely right. People get repressed and they do all kinds of crazy shit. I don't care if they're in all black robes or not. It's a tough subject to go at. We went to the church not too long ago and it was right when that happened. And that priest actually did okay. Like that night he gave a sermon and he actually talked about it. And I said, look at the balls on this fucking guy. <laughs> like when I got out of there, I kind of told my wife, I said, I Man, <laughs> you talking about how, like, basically he was explaining, you know, one bad apple doesn't spoil the bunch. That was the point he was making. But to do it the day that all that shit came out and he's literally standing there, Bible in hand, just like, guys, <laughs> there's some bad people. And I get it. How'd you like to be that? <laughs> like the day that they decide to announce that, you know, hundreds of uh, priests were molesting children. You just happen to be a priest. <laughs> I mean, even if even if you haven't molested any children, I think you're going to have a rough afternoon just walking around in your outfit. At any sort of conscience, you ought to, because you know, at the end of the day, you know, like certainly he's right. There's you know, one bad apple doesn't spoil the bunch, but you know, most of these people are not. You know, they're bad apples. They did some bad shit, but there's a reason. You know, they got there, and and that's the thing I want to get at because people are not intrinsically bad. Even the folks that make bad choices and do bad things, you know, we not we are not our choices. You know, we are not our our mistakes. You know, we are who we are. And a lot of those things are products of the environment that we're in. And a lot of it is the doctrine that's being taught by these churches that make people feel bad about their sexual desires. And when you feel bad about your sexual desires outside of the church, there's tons of empirical research that shows the people that feel bad. That's why uh, the STD and, and HIV rates are so high in the gay community. Because they already feel bad about themselves just by being gay. So if you already feel bad about who you are and what you do, why are you going to make smart choices about it? You don't even you don't even feel good about who you are or your your, your worthiness to exist on this earth. So I think that's what the church needs to reconcile um, and, and reckon with and take responsibility for is that, you know, they've created this environment where folks are starting out feeling bad about who they are. And that is what's causing them to make these bad choices because they don't feel good enough about themselves to say, hey, I deserve better. That's one of the weirdest parts, in my opinion, is it's its own machine. You preach to not indulge in these things, and then these people don't. But then the desire takes over, man. They're people. They want to fuck. <laughs> and then you get mad. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying keep it over 18, guys, ladies, whatever. Fucking, you know, that's all. Let's keep it legal because I just... Yeah, you Fuck somebody that's not, I mean, you know, that's not right. I mean, I don't, under any stretch of, I mean, I don't think there's any religious text that would advocate doing something to somebody that they, they don't, they can't even, aren't capable of even saying they're okay with. Yeah. But I mean, that shit, it goes down, I'm sure. I've not been, um, the most 
churchy person, unfortunately. So I, I'm looking forward to learning some stuff. And maybe would, I'll be a little more interesting because I have an interesting teacher this time. You got such great music. I was looking forward to hearing a hymn from you or something. I thought I was going to get something out of this. This little light of mine. That's Where all I got. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm, I'm going to let, let it shine. shine. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. <laughs> I feel good. You can do it, man. You got something up in you. You got a little bit of something. I think I got a little black in me. You want me to be completely honest? I'm sure it's in there somewhere. It's definitely not below the waist. <laughs> I, well, I can't vouch for that. I've not seen anything below your waist or even above it for that matter. But I was going to actually say that after listening to your podcast a little bit, a little bit um, which, by the way, I enjoy. Yeah, just call me a little bitch. Uh, I, didn't no, hate, I, didn't. I didn't hate that. That was weird. Do, uh, it, do it again. Yeah. Oh, little bitch. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I love your show, yeah, little bitch. Uh, but it's really, really good, little bitch. But no, seriously, I, I was going to say, based on listening to you talk and the kind of the way you, you know, you've got a smoothness to you, too, which is, I think, why people enjoy listening to you. And I'm not going to say black folks own all the smooth, but, you know, we definitely got our, you know, you know, market share. Oh, man. I just had good teachers. That's all. I had terrible influences, but I had good teachers when I found them. So I love it, man. I, with this now podcasting, I can still get in there and get dirty and find some some cool people. And I like that. That's really what keeps me coming back is being able to take this little light of mine and shine it on people that I find interesting or that are they need a little shine. They need people to know that they exist. And that's really my favorite, man. I talk too fucking much. That's the problem. Well, you know, like all you got to do is ask the entire legion of motivational speakers out there in the world. Now, if you ask them how they got into their current career path, they'll say because they were told they talk too much. And now they make, you know, seven figures running their mouth. So here's to you and me making seven figures running our mouth, man. Shit, I need a job application. So you are the kind of person that just likes to get it in. Whatever strikes you, like if you, you find yourself in a situation, you're down for it. Actually, the funniest thing is, so like, you know, my, my girlfriend's somewhere out um, in the house and she'll say, you know, you know, I am like, I'm a weird sexual being because, you know, I love certain things about sex. And um, but then, you know, as I, I'm also a, a, a man that's getting a little bit older. So my sexual you know, drive is changing and all that stuff. So I'm going through all that stuff at the same time. So, you know, when I actually am in the mood for sex, like in a, like I'm in an environment to do sex, yeah. then yeah, if I'm gonna go, like just like everything else I do in my life, you know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. So, yeah, you know, if I can get an orgy going, I'm going to try to get one going. If I can get an audience watching me, I'm going to try to get one watching me. And, you know, um, you know, if I find somebody I think they're hot and, you know, I'm also very comfortable and understanding that, you know, I can love someone and, and I, it's hard to, for me to fall in love. But when I fall in love, that's, you know, that's probably not going to change. And but, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I can go fuck somebody and I can move on. So if I see somebody's hot and I really feel like I want to fuck them and they want me to fuck them, too. then I, I I'm going to go do it because, again, I'm going to go all in. Have you ever been in love with a man or have you just kind of played on that end? Um, no, I have. And I, I can say I've gotten my heart broken because I think less common than with women, for sure. But, you know, even the men I dated had issues. The women all, ex- with the exception of a few, had serious issues with the fact that I, you know, also was attracted to men. Yeah. Most of the a lot of people be- can't take that shit, man. That's that's like an ego. And it's not even about them. They just kind of speak. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm sure there's lots of nice people that have come across folks that are fluid or whatever you want to say the word is. and 
you know, they take it personally. They end up like having some weird complex for the rest of their fucking life. And they're just like, ah, my ex, you know, ended up fucking dudes. And now I don't know. They just, they're on another planet. Yeah. But that, you know, like we all got our own internal issues at the end of the day. Like, you know, even the women I've been with my ex fiance still to this day, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, we've had the conversation had she known then what she knows now, she, you know, we both would have made different choices because, you know, me falling in love with her, it hadn't gone away, right? Like that's a rare event that's way more powerful than my sexual attraction. And a lot of times I think people like get mad about folks having sex with other people, whether it's same sex or different sex, really because it's their own insecurity. Like, oh, you're going to fuck this person and you're going to do this. And that means you're going to like that more than you like what I have to give. You know, one, if that's the case, then it wasn't yours to keep in the first place, really. I mean, you know, if you're not confident in yourself, then, you know, that's the problem, not what the other person's doing. But in my case, I, you know, I, you know, I've met people, I've had strong feelings for them, but me getting to the point where like I'm really in love with somebody and wanting to be with, with them for the rest of my life, that's a that's a significant event, and it's the same for everybody. Folks search lifetimes sometimes trying to find that one. So how is a, how is a hookup going to destroy that? That's always been one of the biggest like conflicts, and you know, this is the thing. I love my wife; she's awesome, and I'm I'm very happy that I met her. We just happened to cross paths. And this is Arkansas. It's crazy. You know, some people that that end up together. I don't know. That's very strange to me to finally just pick one. (laughs) There's millions. There's billions of people out there. How do you know? That's a tough call if you really aren't sure, sure. It's all fine as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, to your point about falling in love with God, I have definitely gotten my heart broken. Um, and, you know, I've, ha- I've had guys, but, you know, these guys sometimes, you know, have been unwilling to accept that I also had, you know, interest in women. So, you know, so some of those relationships didn't work out. But, you know, it's rare. You know, I, I, I don't get that close that quick, you know, male, female or otherwise. And more often than not, the women get my heart a lot quicker than the guys do. If it's not too personal to ask, because I think you've kind of talked about this on your show, like, do you prefer top or bottom? Neither. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I like to stay standing up <laughs> against the wall, bitch. <laughs> the only thing is, and you know, I mean, this is another reason why, like, when I was, you know, would hang out with guys and I'd be like, you know, I really want to be with a girl because vaginal sex to me is just, it's easier. Oh, yeah. It's cleaner. Um, I like spontaneity. So, you know, if I'm feeling the mood, I want to find a pussy and stick my dick in. I don't want to have to, like, do a whole lot of work and wait for you to go clean your ass out and all that. Like, you know, I like the ability to be like, hey, let's go hit the bathroom right now. and Let's just go fuck. If I'm going to do penetration, I'd much rather do it um, with a woman. Now, I've done it with guys and I've been penetrated by guys. But, you know, it's not my it's the least common thing. Any guy that I've ever been will. You know, I guess I have to go get them on the show one day and have them vouch for this because, you know, I, I mean, I'll do it. But like if I can get a, if, if nobody asks to have anal sex um, and is a guy, yeah. I'm happy to have oral sex, to jerk off, to watch porn together, to do it, you know, to go go find somebody else to go, you know, watch somebody else. But I'm happy to do any of all that stuff. And I don't have to deal with the whole butt sex part. I'm I'm thrilled. I have no complaints, no regrets whatsoever. It's now, if they want to do it, then I'll do it. Um, but if they want to fuck me, that's probably not going to happen because I, I, I don't enjoy it enough. Number one and number two, like I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I have a little bit of. I will admit, I have a little bit of a um, complex, you know, a superiority complex. I'm, I'm working on that. I'm, I'm seeing my therapist tomorrow. What's there to work on? At least you know what you're, what you're doing. That's cool. You're trying. That's all that matters, right? 
reasons I actually let someone penetrate me, the first time I did it is because I wanted to know what it felt like for, to, for you know, what I do to people. Like, I wanted to know yeah. what it like. And so I feel like a little bit of a hypocrite sometimes because Madonna had a song back in, what was it, the 90s, What It Feels Like for a Girl. Um, so, cause I'm also into like BDSM play. And so as a, and I'm more of a dominant sort oh, of, let's put a pin in that to keep going. <laughs> yeah. That, and, and my rule as a dom and anybody I meet who also says they're a dom, I'm like, okay, well then be my sub for a day and let's see how it goes. And they'll say no way. And I'm like, well, if you can't take what you give, I don't know that I believe in your ability to give it. Yeah. I throw the first punches around here, sir, ma'am, whoever. I mean, you know, and I, I mean, I will own, like I will switch. Um, and you know, I will sub sometimes, but it's no, you know, absolutely. It's but I'm sure like just maybe that's your, your thing. You, you want to make sure and lay down the ground rule. But, but I'll tell everybody, you know, but I'm, I'm predominantly a dominant, even, even, you know, I'm, I'm a classic top from the bottom, even if I am going to be on the bottom. And so I, I know who I am, but part of the reason why I know that's who I am is because I tried it, right. you know, I tried the others and Got in there. that's how you know. So when doms tell me I'm, oh, there's no way I'm nothing to dominate me. I'm too dumb for that. I'm like, well, if you're too dumb, then I don't know that you're a dom because a true dom ought to be able to do everything. You know, you ought to. You ought to be willing to give it if you're going to take it. Exactly. Rule number one, baby. I don't know. I have a buddy. It's a it's a dumb joke, but he wonders if it feels like pooping, like just kind of the other way around, though. You know. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> he, I have a buddy, and he just I think his assumption is that butt sex feels like pooping. That's just I think he's asked a few people that, and I don't know. I guess it'd probably be in the same thing, just probably a little little harder. <laughs> Well, for God, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll say, like, I think it does. I mean, I mean, obviously not all the time. Like when you got a little wet, juicy one that, you yeah, know. No offense, sir, but I, I understand. I think you've got a wrecking crew uh, to yourself. So that's, I don't know. <laughs> you might feel like an uncomfortable dump, Jamal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you know, at least I've been told from the, from the folks that have had, you know, had a little fun with my dick that, it, yeah, it, it takes some work um getting it up in a butthole for yeah. sure but congratulations uh, i think i got one that's built for butt sex <laughs> and, and the funny thing is like i tell like i have some you know, got friends um who are straight and i have some that who are gay and who feel bad because they have like you know average or smaller size penises and uh they're like oh well i'm like one you know there, uh, there are a ton of women i know who like anal sex but they don't want a big dick either yeah. and there's a bunch of men out there that don't either like if i'm gonna do it and you got a big dick you know it will never do it We'll yeah, never do it. It's going to take uh, a while. <laughs> I did it. And, I, you know, and this guy, we're still friends. I mean, this has been, been many years at this point. And I had to tell him, I said, you know, because uh, we had always hooked up because he considered himself more of a top. And so did I. And so most of the time we hooked up and we watched porn and jerked off together. And one day I was like, I really want to experience what it's like. And he's like, well, why did you ask me? I'm like, well, really? Because your dick's not that big. Um, because. There he goes. Yeah, Thanks, right? I guess. So whatever, you know, the point is, you know, like you still have a good time and, you know, you shouldn't feel bad about your dick size because there's somebody that's going to like it. But being on the bigger dick size, yeah, I understand some folks won't let me put my dick anywhere near their asshole. That's a good quote. You put that on your tombstone. Yeah. 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 I think Um, that's a Ralphie May joke. I don't know who he was talking about. uh, Black dudes with big, big dicks. And he's like, I got a medium sized dick. He said, you got 10, 12 inches. He said the average vagina is only six inches deep. 12 inches of dick into six inches of pussy. He said, you've got more dry dick than most Chinese dudes get wet. It was, it was a good joke. <laughs> it was 
right? It's a blessing and a curse, right? You got the big dicks. People like to look at big dicks, but on the other hand, a lot of w- women and men don't like fucking big dicks. They just don't. There was somebody talking the other day. They were uh, advertising for like a, I guess, a supplement. You know what Blue Chew is? Like a Viagra Tootsie Roll? Yeah. They were talking about how, I guess, some people with, with longer uh, extensions have an issue because of the blood circulation sometimes to keep it hard. And it's like, hey, man, you should take one of these things, especially if, uh, you know, it's longer. It'll stay hard for longer. Hey, I don't know. It sounded like cheating <laughs> to me. I was like, hey, man, you can't have it both ways, dickhead. <laughs> I'll tell you, I don't know how we haven't talked about it. I don't know how old you are, but, you know, I'm over 40 comfort- comfortably. And um, I'll say, like, especially like going on like a vacation where I know we're going to have a lot of sex. Like I will pop a Viagra or a Cialis in a heartbeat, um, you know, because one, I'm getting older and things are not working. I had a competition with my doctor the other day because I also work out a lot and train. And so they're always monitoring my electrolytes and all that stuff. And um, so he, you know, checks my testosterone level and he's like, look, you know, you're, you're, you're over 40, your T level is going down. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, you probably might want to consider taking this sometimes. And I have no judgment about it whatsoever. Um, oh, no. Uh, My wife says that I'll be on Cialis whenever, but I'm, she's six years older than me. So that's what she talks shit all the time. I'm like, whatever, dude. <laughs> You're going to be 50 and I'm still going to be fucking. What are you talking about? You know, I know people to take that stuff recreationally. I don't recognize, recommend that because if you don't fucking need it. You know, I'm not a big fan of that. Does sound, that sounds dangerous. Like, have you ever. So is it just make it really hard? Like, what, what do you think is the difference between just like your standard stage five raging boner versus like a Viagra. Is it like, does it actually make it bigger? Is it just harder? Is it throbbier? Does it stay up longer? Like what's the deal? You missed that episode probably. So we talked about this. There was a guy, um, you know, I go to, I'm a big fan of hedonism in Jamaica. And so we did an episode with my girlfriend um, from one of our trips down there and all the, the couples we hooked up with. And sometimes we hook up with single girls and single guys, whatever. But this was a, a night we were with this couple and the guy had just, you know, you know, recre- recreationally done some Viagra. And he also put on a cock ring. And she says on the show, she says, she says, yeah, his dick looks so full. It looked like it was a balloon. that was about to pop. And that is what it looked like. I Jesus. mean, it looked like at some point, like if I, I, I remember he offered me some. He was like, hey, dude, you want to try some of this? I said, I don't want none of anything that you got uh, because his it looked uncomfortable. So, you know, the folks that kind of overdo it, take too much or do it rec- recreationally when they don't need it. You know, I do worry that, you know, they're hurting their dick in some way and, and, and it looks uncomfortable. <sighs> cock rings. You ever fuck with cock rings? How do you feel about I- those for them? I'll tell you how I discovered I love cock rings. Um, I didn't use cock rings until about maybe two years ago. Yeah. And, and I experimented with them once because I think I was, um, I don't know where I was. I was somewhere. Oh, I might have been at Hedonism. And, um, you know, hedonism's a, Hedonism is a clothing optional resort. So most of the time you're naked. It's in Jamaica, and, right? Yeah, it's in Jamaica. Yeah, um, yeah it is. Yeah, it, it's hot. It's one of my favorite places on earth. Hell and yeah. so I think, I, I think somebody, uh, somebody either suggested or had one on whatever I, I i tried one on one day and wore it to the pool you know naked and everything like that and and i get a decent amount of attention as it is but the number of people that came up to me asking me you know what is that 
And of course, since I'm naked, staring at my dick, and of course, there are tons of women that will just grab it and you know ask. I'm like, wow, I like this cock ring thing. It makes people look at my dick. So now I wear a cock ring all the time if I'm doing stuff like that because it makes people look at my dick. That's really the only reason. It's a great point. <laughs> it's like putting a propeller on a hat. Like everybody's going to see that. <laughs> it's like earrings for a girl. You know, girls put on pretty earrings, nice earrings, and the other girls say, "Oh, those are pretty earrings." Even some guys might notice and say, "Hey, you look nice. I like your earrings." Well, you put a ring on your dick, people are going to look down at it because there's a ring on your. It's like jewelry. So I, I'm also there are some functional benefits. That, you know, it does kind of make your dick a little bit harder and can create a little bit of pressure down there. So sometimes you can get like a, a stimulation to your taint because you're kind of pulling everything around your balls. And so there's some functional benefits to it as well, but. I just wear it because it's fucking jewelry and it makes people look at my dick. Because it looks cool. That's why. Have you done any, like, okay, we were talking about the Dom stuff. Do you fuck with piercings at all? Like, do you have any of that going on? Or are you just, uh, like, what's your, uh, what's your particular, like, preference with the Dom stuff? I don't have any piercings. I thought about getting some. Um, I just got my first tattoo, like, three years ago because, again, growing up in the church and being a corporate lawyer for like, you know, so long, like a lot of stuff I just never (laughs) willing to do until one day I woke up and said, you know, this shit doesn't matter and I'm going to do what I want to do. So I got my first tattoo a couple years ago and um, I've been thinking about what I would get pierced and all that stuff, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. So I don't have any piercings. I'm talking to you and uh, Crumb from Casual Sex with Crumb kind of back to back. I talked to him last week or the week before. He's really into stuff too, like with piercings and stuff. And uh, it fascinates me, man. Like the the Dom stuff. I just want one of those fucking masks with the zipper mouth. I just want to sit around my house in it. I think it's a cool fucking mask. But all bullshit aside, I think out of all the the kink stuff, I get that one the most. And I feel like I could get into the psychology behind that. Because that's like when you get into like the real deal shit. It's not just something as simple as uh, like jacking off in front of people. I think that's the stuff that's all like mental thrill. Yeah. It's like karate. I mean, it's like martial arts. It's the same thing. Like you're learning a discipline. Karate, same thing. I took karate for some years and, you know, you've got somebody that's kind of in control and you got some people that are not. And, you know, you practice and you get better. It's a craft. And um, so, yeah. And, and a lot of kink stuff, I like to put them together because, I, you know, if, I, if I'm if I'm in that space, particularly if I'm really channeling my dom energy, then at some point there's going to be some sexual energy because my dominant energy does trigger my sexual energy. But there are a lot of people that do kink and they don't and it had nothing to do with sex. They don't they don't have sex. They don't do nothing. They just go and do their BDSM scene and then they go home. They don't drink. They don't do anything. Um, so it, it's not a sexual thing. It's it's a craft. Um, I think there is some psychological benefit. There's a bunch of studies out here that say that folks that are actually active and involved in their you know BDSM kink, whatever role they're playing, they're actually there's less domestic violence in those relationships because folks have an outlet for those pent up emotions, whatever they are, whether they're submissive or, or dominant. Do you have a favorite thing? Tell me your favorite thing, Jamal. What is it? Actually, so, you know, I have a favorite instrument and I have a favorite. Your uh, your favorite weapon and maybe your favorite, like, thing to do. All right. So that's an easy answer. So my favorite thing to do is, uh, it, uh, favorite instrument or implement is a flogger. You know, I love a good leather flogger. But that's the one that looks like a mop, right? It is exactly right. It yeah, looks like a, like a leather mop. 
up. And if you, you know, if you, if you can get good at it, particularly you get the right weight, you know, I mean, you can, they can make them in all kinds of textiles, leather, I've seen nylon, plastic, I've seen all kinds, but I like the leather. You can have a whole scene and you can give some pain and, and never leave a mark. Um, and you can give some pleasure. And, you know, so I love that instrument for that reason. Um, plus, you know, like if you, the, my, my favorite one, which is leather and it feels good in my hand. So I like that heft in my hand because it reminds me of my dick. Yeah, I don't have that problem. Go on. <laughs> so my favorite, my favorite uh, sort of theme to a scene, the favorite thing I like to do and the way I like to work um, and channel my dominant energy. I, I, and I call it, um, you know, I call it um, um, elemental play or seasonal play. I like to influence the elements. I like to create an experience where my sub has an interaction with all of the elements um, in, in a scene. And so I'll play with hot and cold, you know, you know, if I can adjust the temperature in the room, but if I can, I'll try to find other ways. I'll, you know, use my breath to try to blow and warm somebody up or cool somebody off with ice or something like that. I'll use water. Um, and so I, I, you know, I'll take water um, into my mouth. Um, and, uh, you know, at a probably unsuspecting time, you know, spit it out. Um, or slowly, fastly, whatever, that kind of stuff. I'll take fire sometimes. I won't actually burn anybody, but I'll, you know, or I'll warm something up to, you know, to get them hot ice to, to get them cold. And of course, wood is, I, I use an implement for that. So I love the experience where people feel like they've actually like traveled in a scene with me because they've gone someplace where they felt really cold, really hot, you know, where they had some experiences where it was very woody, where, you know, very fiery, that kind of stuff put some shit together to really stimulate the senses. That's exactly right. Which is why I don't do like a lot of scenes. Cause like I put a lot of planning and thought into it. Like I, it's a lot of work for me, but if, if I'm going to do it again, I'm going all in and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to try to give you like a, a, a around the world experience. You ever pee on anybody? Um, I, no, I have not ever peed on anybody yet. Uh, has I, anybody, been, how about, has anybody asked you yet? No, and I have <laughs> peed someone's mouth. I've done that. That one, uh, I don't know, like, I'm uh, fine, you know, do your thing. I understand that, like, sometimes it's just funny. Like, I had a chick um, before my wife, it was my other girlfriend, but, like, you know, she was older. And she would always joke around about peeing on people. Like, You got you know, a cougar complex? Yeah, I do. I have mom issues real bad. <laughs> my, uh, oh, I, heard, I heard Joe with uh, Jody Lynn. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man, but it's cool because, like I said, she's a little bit older than me. She's uh, she's she's ripening. I dig it. My wife is a, a hot piece of tail, and uh, she's only going to get better by the day. I appreciate that. I bet. And I looked over my shoulder when I said it too, just in case she was standing there, huh? <laughs> she might be fitting to stab me. Did she listen to your show? No, not really. She's listened to uh, the ones that she's on to make sure that I don't make her sound like a dumb hillbilly. And I usually try really hard to make her sound like a dumb hillbilly if I get a chance. I mean, hey, what what am I supposed to do, man? Uh, I love that woman. Uh, sometimes uh, embarrassing her makes me laugh. So what can I do? As long as she doesn't divorce you, I'm, I'm all right. Shit. <laughs> Good luck. We ain't got the money for that. She's going to get half the fucking bills. <laughs> well, yeah. You think I'm playing. You're a lawyer. You know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> there ain't nothing. You take half. Half of nothing is... Half of that fucking debt. Good luck. <laughs> they say, um, sometimes they say it's cheaper to keep her. Johnny Taylor. Jody got your girl and gone. Bam. Let me look here at my notes, Bubba.
got notes that you thought that much of me that you actually wrote some shit down? I try to write a couple things down so I'm not scrambling. I fucked up last week and the kid was uh, not quite asleep and it was distracting me. Then I ended up having to cut my shit short with crumb and I felt real bad about it because I think he thought that I was just kind of zoning out on him. And it wasn't. I was watching my baby monitor <laughs> and I kept seeing the kid getting up and my wife going in there and getting him. And I put him to bed every night, man. It's kind of been my dad duty since he's been born. And uh, I think my wife has put him to bed maybe 10 times in three years. I got a 10-year-old, so I get it. I totally get it. I'm just at that stage now where I still wait till he goes to bed before I record my show. If I'm, you know, but... Uh, you know, but there's a part of me that's like, oh, okay, you know, is he going to get up? Is he going to do something? Because every once in a while, he still gets up and is like, Daddy, Daddy, I had a bad dream. You jump. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, shit. Are you sitting here with headphones? You got to do that one headphone off shit. Yep, exactly. Because, you know, once a dad, always a dad. It's been an interesting experience, man. You know, I try not to just get into dad talk all the time. But, uh, I mean, hell, it's one of the only experiences I've had like this at this point, most of them have been bad, and this one's been okay. You know, it makes you feel different about some stuff. That's one thing that has been interesting with the few people, like the Priory Society guys, Eros and Isis. You know, they have kids. Snuggly yeah. Dave has kids. And have you just, had the show? I'm working on it. I think it'll be maybe another couple of weeks. But I'm interested to speak to them because I've listened to, I don't know, a handful of their episodes and also like most of their guest spots if it's a show that i know and they have them on i listen to those and they're awesome i love i mean i'm gonna go out and see them i'm like i I like them a lot like i want to have them on my show too but i enjoy their show and i I enjoy them off the air too because you know we're always tweeting and facebooking and instagram and all that shit i like them they seem like really cool people. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. That, yeah. you know, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm in a special club. Like, hey, these cool fucking people want to talk to me. Just some loser in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. Uh, if they're, if you're listening, Eros and Isis, I, I, I want some love, too. Please, please come by and, and, and talk to Reverend Jamal. I'll pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, right. I wonder... Do you think about like if there's going to be a point where you have to have like a, a conversation with with your kid about like what's going on, or are you just because I don't really think you have to tell your kids what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants to know about your fuck habits. Your mom don't want to know your dad, your kids. Nobody wants to know like what you're doing as long as you're happy doing it. I, I try to be open, and um, so I've had some conversations with him, not, not anything specific, but, you know, somebody asked me because they know how much I like going to, like, you know, the new resorts and stuff, and they're like, you know, would you ever bring your son down here when he's grown and whatever? And I'm like, look, actually, I probably would. I would sponsor his first trip, and I'd bring him down. I wouldn't be playing. I wouldn't be naked. I probably wouldn't, you know, I'd be the prudest person they'd ever seen. Which would be tough, right? Oh, right. That would I be bring- the yo sacrifice for the weekend. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to wear pants. Right. I, no, I come, like I come down the week before and I say, meet me, you know, whatever. I get my play in and then I have him come. But, you know, but I bring him down. I want to introduce him if he was open to it so that he can feel safe and feel affirmed and, and respected. And and, you know, the all the shit that I've learned the hard way, I'd yeah. love to be, help him not. You know, so like I, I, I feel like my role, like when he you know gets to be 16, 17, probably before he's 18 or before he's certainly before he's legal. When I start noticing he's interested in drinking, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to take you out and get you drunk i'm gonna show you how to do it right yeah. i'd rather show you how to do it right 
um, than let you go figure out on your own and do all the stupid shit that I did. So, you know, same thing with sex. Like, you know, if he's if he expresses an interest, then I'm going to have that conversation and say, I want to help introduce you to whatever and make it happen. If you want to experiment with something, I want to, you know, help create a safe space for you to do it so that at least he can do it yeah. in a way, you know, that's helpful to what he really wants, which is to explore, but doesn't have to be life threatening. That's really, you know? that's really good, man. I think that that's one of the most unfortunate things that I've heard. You know, I'm sure you've heard the stories. I've heard the stories. People that just best case scenario, you get told to get the fuck out and some sort of <laughs> hate crime level terms get thrown at you. And, oh. uh, you know, worst case you catch a beating. Like it's, I think that, uh, there needs to be more parents like you people that are willing to just say, Hey man, let's figure it out. It's cool. Well, because the reality is like, we can't, I can't, you know, we can't as fathers as much as we want to. And this is, I mean, being a dominant dude and a bossy dude and all the kind of shit that I am that you'll discover, um, over time, you know, it's hard for me to not want to fix shit and control shit. But the reality is, you know, as long as I've been on this goddamn earth trying to do it, it has not worked. Yeah. So, I got to accept that I can't. Um, and in, in his case, like, you know, OK, I can't really undo all the shit that I did wrong, but I can help him because there's going to be some shit he can't control. So, you know, I can't do anything about all the shit that I can't do nothing about, but I can at least help reduce the amount of stigma and shame and whatever he feels around his body and around his sexuality and that kind of stuff. I can help do that part. If it turns out he got a little dick. I can't do shit about that. You can try get some spacers. He doesn't have a little dick, I don't think. But you know, we don't know. He hasn't hit puberty, so we'll wait and see. Shit, my kid's almost as big as me. It's crazy. I just throw in little dick jokes. It's my plan, see, because the thing is, is I'm average, so I just I make the expectation way low. Uh, <laughs> so then when it finally comes out, you're like, oh, what? Hey, look, that ain't so bad. And I'm like, see, I told you, I'm pulling like a light switch. Unless you decide you want to go spice some things up, in which case, if you do, let me know. I can make some recommendations. But, you know, you got a wife. She seems to love you and she must like your dick. So I don't think you got nothing to worry about. Hey, I ain't worried about nothing. Every, lots of dick love going on around this house most of the time. So that's that's good. Speaking of the dick love, if I have any hope for that this evening, I have to go and feed my wife. So I'm going to, to say uh it's been an absolute pleasure getting to speak with you this evening. I want you to, if you have the plugs, please give that and let people know kind of where to be looking for you because it'll be a few weeks for this probably comes out. So I don't know, man. I want everybody to, to go and check out what you're doing. So do me a favor and spit them shits. Yeah. So what they can do, I mean, you know, right now, just follow the Everything Sexy Show. So we've got at Everything Sexy Show on Instagram. We've got at Everything Sexy S on Twitter and everything sexy with Jamal and Polly Rick on Facebook. So if you join, like, follow, whatever the, you know, what, you know, whatever they call it, um, any one of those accounts, because when the new show drops, um, we will change, you know, the social media. So I, you know, I'm already starting to put the marketing out about it. And so if you follow any of those pages, you'll get the notification about when the new website is up, what the new show name is. And at some point we're going to morph the, the, the social media handles over to, the new social media handles. So I'll merge those two accounts. So okay. just follow at everything sexy show or go to everything sexy.com. There's some links there as well. Um, and you will hear more about it. And, uh, of course, you know, I hope to get, to get to talk to you again. And so once the show is up, maybe I'll come back and I'll tell you all the details. 
anybody that comes here has a standing invitation. You come back anytime you like. If there's something else going on, if you have some new shit come up, if you just want to shoot the shit, man, holler at me. Come back and talk to me because this is what I do in my spare time. <laughs> uh, I sit in here and talk to cool people. Absolutely, man. And I want to say thanks for having me on here. I've enjoyed it. It's nice to get to know you. Of course, I enjoy your show. And, and I look forward to doing this again, man. All right. That was my conversation with Jamal. He's a nice guy, man. And uh, I really want to make sure that you guys go out and check out the socials. It's been a few weeks since this was recorded. So I have the new socials. The, the number two, C, as in cat, show dot podbean dot com or the two C show dot com. It's the second coming show with the Reverend Jamal, and uh, I believe they're getting around to putting the shit up. We'll also get Facebook at two C show two uh, C show XX on Instagram. I'm excited to see where it takes us. Jamal is a very interesting guy, and he seems like he's got a pretty fucking level head on his shoulders. He's a good dad. And he's a really funny guy. You know, that's what I'm finding interesting is these people that, you know, maybe talk, walk, act a little different. They're actually uh, pretty fucking, pretty thick skinned (laughs) when it comes around to it. But as Ralphie May once said, if you're willing to take a dick in the ass, you should be willing to take a joke. Flat out. No offense, guys. It's a joke. But, hey, had a blast. You guys make sure and check them out. Subscribe. Do all that good shit. Speaking of, make sure and you like, subscribe, leave a review if you like. And we always appreciate that. So, guys, uh, thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at JodyB501, at Pod. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your friends, mama about the show. Be sure to check out the other shows on the NS. FW Podcast Network, including but not limited to the Man Brain Podcast, the Blood Mommy Podcast, Casual Sex with Crumb, Your Kinky Friends, the Unicorn Report, the Priory Society Podcast. All great shows, good people, and uh, yeah, they're all about banging. <laughs> so you hear all the exploits. I think the Unicorn Report recently did an on location at an orgy. Uh, yeah, fucking. We got a wild bunch, so be sure to check them out and give them some love. Shout out from the sponsors, www.spunklube.com. You know the deal. Get some slippery on your dick. All kinds of products, ranging the original OG Spunk Lube. It's a hybrid between a water-based lubricant and their special blend. It looks a lot like semen, and uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun to play with. You can throw it at people, put it on your floor, put it on your dog, whatever. Uh... Good stuff, high quality product, and they're, I believe, the top preferred lubrication for pornographic films. So, those guys know their fuck business, and I take their word for it. They also have natural blends, uh, full silicone, if uh, you have allergies or you just like to fucking water, I guess. You could use the silicone base. It's good stuff, great price. www.spunklube.com. And also, www.biobidet.com B-I-O-B-I-D-E-T Ladies and gentlemen, it is summertime. And I'll tell you what, nothing thus far this summer. I've had snow cones, ice cream, watermelon. It's all very refreshing. (laughs) But it pales in comparison to being able to rinse your booty hole in 100 degree weather with icy cold water straight out the tap 
right in your home uh, on your toilet. Keep your booty hole extra squeaky clean. And uh, right now, you go to the website, you use the promo code POBOYS, P-O-B-O-Y-S, and you'll get 10% off anything in the store. They got high-grade high shit. They got low-grade shit. They got a bidet for like $55. Free shipping. Get it to your house. Put it on your toilet. Rinse yo booty hole. <laughs> I use it every day. It's fantastic. So, all you fucking savages down here in the Southland with me, sweating away, sweltering with your musty underball, use the lady wash. You can rinse your balls off in the toilet if you have to. Give them a little pat dry, throw some powder, pop. It's great, great for the summertime. So, be sure to check that out. Get you a discount. And that's it, guys. Um, I'm kind of on a summer schedule right now. I know it's probably annoying for if there's anybody that actually like looks forward to the show every week. Guys, I got the baby. You know, it's we're going out. We're going to museums. We're going to the lake. I'm actually getting to uh, enjoy some family time, and it's really cool. So, hey, I appreciate you guys being patient, and thank you for listening one way or the other. I don't care if you listen now or two weeks from now, whatever the fuck. I'm going to be around because the bill's paid. <laughs> so I'm not going to just not let any content be put up i'm not fucking crazy happy holidays it's right after the fourth i hope everybody made it out with all your fingers and toes and eyeballs and assholes intact and uh, we'll see you soon probably another couple weeks we'll have the next one lined up guys i've got some great stuff coming Uh, you don't even know we're slowly creeping up on that 100th episode and i'm looking forward to it i appreciate each and every one of you motherfuckers and i'll see you next time